Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, a thrashing, screaming freakout spooks everyone on Teenage Bill Alley's camping trip. The tiny possibility that the endless stream of dreams full of killing could be masking unresolved anger. God flexes his muscles to show Pharaoh what happens when you are foolish enough to say no. Alternate dining room table uses and the amazing level of empathy possessed by baby is. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 54 of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Bolelli is over there with his Christmas list. It's getting close to be that time. Now, is it going to be Christmas tree? Baby Iz gets all that, doesn't she? I don't care. Either way. Whether if she wants it, I'll get it. If she doesn't, I don't. It's I don't give a crap. It was great, by the way, when there was a interesting discussion with somebody who said something, something about Santa being fake. And uh-huh. I saw Isabella go, what the fuck? She didn't say what the fuck, but it was kind of like, Santa's not real? And they were like, uh, no, because... And she was like... And they were like, no, but if you want, we can act like it's real. And she's like, fuck that. I want to go back to where it was real, but now I can't. I, I, you suck. And wow. she was pretty upset about it. So, yeah. I feel bad for that person. Yeah. Um, Isabella's on the warpath. So, yes. Oh. We'll see how that's going to play out. Vengeance can be a bitch. Yeah. It can be. We'll see how that plays out. Holy smokes. Is she familiar with Krumpus at all? No. What's that? Krumpus. Oh, check it out, everybody. Krumpus is St. Nicholas's pal who looks a lot like a, a, a devil covered in black fur who knocks bad children on the head. And if you're really bad, he'll throw you in his basket and take you down to the river and drown your ass. Damn. So we should say that... You know, Santa's not real, but that one is, so watch out for... You better watch out, you bad-mouthing Santa, or he'll send Krumpus in his place. Jesus. Yeah, do internet Google on that, man. There's actually places, maybe Norwegian places that we should visit soon, that um, have Krumpus parades to remind the children to keep your shit straight. I remember Rogan saying how the, um, the whole Santa story is really a story about, you know, ma- it's a mushroom cult, and... So in that case, I guess the the ugly side of it represents bad trips and exactly. what happens when uh, hey, what you take in is the what puts in there are, with you when you're in full blast. So. Yeah, when they are not kind to you, <sighs> indeed. Anyway, welcome back. Here we go. New episode. Dun, 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 dun. Speaking of Christmas, uh, what's up? Oh yes, please use our Amazon link. We would deeply love you if you do so, because uh, lately our Amazon link has not been exactly overused so if you guys can please help us out do your christmas shopping using our amazon link you guys don't pay one dime more and you help the podcast so that's a win-win for everybody you know anybody who wants something serious for christmas is probably on the datsu sarah website picking out an awesome bag or maybe even a datsu sarah hoodie precisely there's the entire list of uh, our sponsors that you can check out see if anything uh, strikes your fancy for christmas gifts datsu sarah there's always a mountain of good stuff from uh, hoodies um, hemp geese uh, and of course all their trademark uh, backpacks uh, travel bags computer bags the whole list of them that's always great on it.com onnit.com i'm hoping for some alpha brains for christmas precisely there's from all the supplements alpha brain being the leading one i heard from aubrey that they actually did some recent um, uh, clinical studies backing up a lot of the sort of science behind alpha brain now i'm a complete moron so i i don't know any about it i don't understand the science i don't i sort of take over this word for Did it somebody in a white lab coat uh, present it because that makes it yeah official. i don't know i just so we are chit-chatting about other stuff and nobody mentioned i got it, some for aubrey like i just wrote this <clears throat> 
whatever happened to them zombie kettlebells oh yeah the zombie kettlebell there's a whole giant series of them that are works of art so if you guys like working out with kettlebells the zombie ones are just as beautiful as they get the um, and then of course you know there's a whole wide range of healthy products at only.com check them out and of course sure design for the coolest clothing on earth primarily t-shirts but not only there's a lot of great stuff for ladies there's some yoga gear there's some bags but there's a lot of the long flowy colorful dresses for ladies are beautiful and uh, i just dive straight into the t-shirts they are bennett sent me this pair of uh, thai fisherman pants that are insanely comfortable and relatively cheap so i actually they literally have like almost a rope tying them at the top sort of thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Nice. they are pretty bad pockets down the side yeah single uh there's just one size fit all because they are humongous and they just you wrap them around you it's uh, uh i feel very i don't know what i feel like but other than funny and probably goofy looking but it's actually i love them i dig them so i wear them all the time it's funny i uh we were shooting a pilot for a uh a show about guys selling weed at a dispensary mm-hmm. and i showed up with a few of the hemp strain t-shirts and let me tell you they were a hit oh i'm sure they were literally a hit right yeah yes. big time the guys thought the white widow one was just ridiculous nice Took them nice back to the, nice to the, what was the high times 1976 sort of edition huh i don't know why it comes to my mind when speaking of weed because this clearly is a product that only deals with the burning of tobacco and other entirely legal crops of course water pipes but there's um a great company plume.com p-l-o-o-m.com they were kind enough to send me one of their portable vaporizer and uh, man this is awesome stuff i'll i'll put a link in the episode notes to their thing because it's uh it's brilliant you know the one of the problem with smoking any kind of plant that you may deem suitable for consumption is that you know it doesn't matter even if you smoke a little it's still burning off a plant that goes into your lungs dangerous there's, carcinogens yeah that's only was a way to only get the vapor and that's indeed what this this is all about right so there's a they have a whole series of uprisers that are literally just like pocket size and uh, they work a beauty there's a whole breakdown of how you use them and everything else on their site do they have the ones that you can actually add the cartridges in as well of the of the oil no it's uh, no you don't use oil you use you put the actual um, tobacco that you put clearly in there and uh, you just throw it in there it heats it up and uh, evaporates that way nicotine-esque yeah of course because clearly we're all, float out. that's the only no so i mean or in colorado and washington where weed is legal you may decide to engage in such practices but yes check out uh, plume.com they send me a cool thing i'll put it in the episode notes uh thank you guys so much for sending it to me that was awesome um anything else we need to touch on in the intro or shall we just shut up and get rolling with i think it's trying to, it's, it's almost exodus time let's go play Unlearn the Bible. Bible time! Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I was, I'm sorry, the, the Lord swept me up into song. Wow. I may speak in tongues this episode. That's how it's going. Okay, let me get my exorcist weep. Oh, shit. Take care of him. <laughs> Repent. Okay, so our beautiful story today, um, I wrote about it actually in 50 Things, uh, You're Not Supposed to Know Religion. Uh, That book was kind of a funky book because it was about, you know, finding 50 crazy, wild, weird, funny stories about religion, and there's a lot of them. So this one is um, straight, you know, straight from the Bible, and also straight as reported by the sweet Bolelli in 50 Things. Exodus! Yeah, it is from Exodus, and we are going to entitle our tale today 
Thank you, God, for killing those Egyptian children. Now, just to clear up a tiny bit of confusion, if you are Old Testament, mm-hmm. then you are Quran and you are Torah as well. So they all three share? Well, yes and old... no. I mean, the Old Testament is recognized as divinely inspired by all Western religions. So it's definitely within Christianity. It's obviously within Judaism. In Islam, kind of, in the sense that they do acknowledge that they, their take on it is that there's uh, some of the prophets of the Old Testament were indeed prophets, but in the scriptures there has been mixing by people of stuff that's truly divinely sort of God-sent and stuff where people have mixed their own things with it, which is why they argue the Quran is the Revelation 3.0. It's the cleaner... Well, the latest to the party. What else yeah, are you going to say? Yeah, we fixed all the bugs, we fixed all the problems, and now it's the straight from God kind of thing. But yes, the, this is all central to all the Western religions, absolutely. So this story involves uh, the Jewish enslavement in Egypt, which, by the way, we have no idea whether there's any historical truth to any of this or not. The evidence is kind of silent on this. Um, so it could be completely a myth. It could be completely historically true. We have no idea. Well, right? Christian Bale is going to be Moses in a couple of weeks, so it's got to be according to something. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Because, again, the Moses stories, there's bloodshed, and there's more bloodshed, and there's more, more, more bloodshed. Hell, at least I tend to, as we're saying from uh, dream time, as I'll put it, at least I have uh, it's self-defense bloodshed in my dream state. A lot of the Moses one, not so much self-defense. There's a lot of self-offense there. But See, let my people go. Yeah, the let my people go is interesting because that's exactly what we're talking about. It's about Moses being charged by God with the task of approaching the Pharaoh and demanding that he let Jewish people go. It would have been easier if God had just decided to help Moses out a little bit and present himself. Well, not only he doesn't help Moses. He's actually going to oddly make things difficult after having entrusted him with this task because he, God, the tale is that God makes sure that the Pharaoh will not agree to Moses' demands. Why? Because he wants a chance to use the Egyptians as as an example, to literally make an example of them so that God can flex his muscles and show what happens when you say no to a divine Very Genghis Khani. It's very much so indeed. So it's funny, it's like, it's not the Pharaoh is saying no, it's God is making him say no so that then he can whack him. Very funny. So the Pharaoh refuses, Moses announces that God will unleash a series of 10 plagues on Egypt and, you know, they are from locusts to, you know, all sort of terrible, nasty things. And each time the Pharaoh is like, I don't care. I'm not letting those damn Jews go. Okay, here comes another plague. Destruction, blood, death. I don't care. I still don't let them go. This goes on nine times. I, If I'd been the Pharaoh, I probably would have squashed Moses in the meantime because he just brought bad luck or something. And But in any case, he, by the 10th time, what happens is the the 10th plague is more terrible than all the previous ones. And this involves the angel of death will be sent by God to slay all the firstborn among the Egyptian. All of their firstborn children, all of the firstborn animals that belong to the Egyptian, they will all be killed by God. I think after nine plagues, there couldn't have been too many left anyway. Like, no, apparently... We have about 74 firstborns left after all that shit, everybody. Apparently, there was still a good chunk because it's like one plague is like locust, uh, eat your harvest, so you have less to eat. Uh, you can still get through. It's a pain in the ass, but you still... This is when we up the ant a little bit. And... Um, Angel of Death, that's almost an oxymoron. Yeah, as uh, Exodus 11, 5, 6 recite, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. That's always a good start. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sits on the throne and even to the firstborn of the maid servant that is behind the meal and all the firstborns of the beasts and there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt such such as there was not like it and shall there not be like it anymore? Yike. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. Jesus, that's a little intense. Wait, what's he got against the, the Egyptian children? Why he dislike them so much? Well, Just to punish are, Pharaoh? Yeah, 
that's it's sort of that. I thought Jesus loved the little children. Yeah, it's Jesus, so confused. Jesus come later. That's He's uh, not yet part of the game. Now, just in case, to avoid any screw-ups on the part of the angel of death, because, you know, once he got start carrying out his work, he got overexcited, and occasionally he can fuck things up a little bit. <laughs> so Jewish people are supposed to celebrate this event by um, slaying some lambs and use the blood of the lambs, put it all over their door, and that will be the sign that they are faithful Jews sacrificing to God, and so when the angel of death is coming up to kill them, he'd be like, oh, wrong door, these guys have blood, they're Jews, okay, I won't kill anybody here. Let me go to the next, oh, these guys don't have blood, Egyptian room, I'm going in and do some killing here. So that's how the game plays out, and this is where the story gets a little creepy, because when you think about the fact that today's uh, holiday of Passover is uh, literally the story of the angel of death passing over the, the doors of the Jewish people on his way on killing a bunch of Egyptian kids. So in some weird way, I, I'm sure that's not exactly the way people celebrating Passover are thinking of it, but literally what's being celebrated is the death of a few thousand Egyptians being slayed by this angel of death. There really was only because the Pharaoh said no, because God made him say no. So the whole story gets really just a tad bit disturbing. And this isn't just like a, a spell over top of of Cairo or anything. This is door to door. Yeah, literally door to door, which is why it's important to have the right sign, or in this case, the right blood on your door to let the angel of death. Please keep this one. Go to the next one. Wow, does it? Are people still marking their doors on Passover? Is that a piece of it at all? I'm Skip. I don't know either. Yeah, don't want to step on any toes. So sorry, just confused by the madness. Yeah, I don't know either. So on that lovely note, I hope that this tale inspired you to be better human beings, as there's a clear and direct connection between the telling of this tale and you becoming better human beings. And if you don't see it, well, I just don't know what to say to you. I like the Bob Marley song better than the the book version. Yeah, Bob Marley's take on the Old Testament is definitely higher up on my list. Exodus, Movement of Ja People, yes, that's... I tend to dig that, dig that better than Exodus, let the angel of death come to kill you all. If only Moses had worked up that version yeah. for Pharaoh. I'm like, Pharaoh, let me share this with you. Exodus! And they could have been grooving in the slaves while they're carrying bricks and shit to build pyramids. They could be dancing. Yeah, I still think Get that... Get shit done faster and, you know, why didn't he just let him go? I'm a firm believer that Bob Marley was the messiah. He was just those two stone to remember it. And uh, But still, good old Bob. I miss him. Yeah, I miss him too. I'm glad he left us some records. be an episode without a rant of the day what do we rant about today eh well before we rant um i'll pose a question for the listeners feel free to comment in the episode uh, comment whatever the hell on the drunken Taoist. i don't think we have a forum anymore because it sort of died to, to inactivity after a while but you know if you'll if you want to shoot a comment in there here is my question this summer when i was in italy a sweet sweet friend of mine will feature by the way in the um, in the story time today he'll be the man with bolts of steel who does amazing stuff in any case <coughs> this friend of mine um is sweet enough that knowing that i'm having a hard time finding the place you know we went to italy i was trying to get places to go to the sea to go to the mountains a lot of my initial plans weren't working out and the man come to the rescue and in insanely sweet fashion first invited me to go to this beautiful house in the mountains he has and when he realizes that he can't make it because he has to keep working and we defer it once defer it another time he's like you know what here are my keys you guys go have fun you know, let me know how it goes and have a good time. And I thought, how insanely sweet 
is that. You That's know? where you're like, supposed to be, isn't it? That's beautiful. Absolutely. Except that now I have an ethical question. So is it... No, don't take the silver. <laughs> no, I did not take the silver, oh, okay. but still. The way I repaid him was by the first night there or the second, something like that. I promptly decided that it was a great idea to sweep everything off the table and have sex on the dinner table, which... I mean, the whole thing about, you know, go and have fun, I'm sure I follow that a little too literally, but then I was wondering, is there something slightly unethical about having sex on your good friend at the dinner table after he gave you his house? No. Hmm. Okay, well, I like your answer. That makes me feel better about life. You know, it, 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 jizzing in the mashed potatoes before Thanksgiving? Bad. Right. Fucking on the table? You know, so what? Okay, we index or something. And, okay. Yeah, please, you know, okay. wipe it off. Put, yeah. the, put the cornucopia back on that was there and the, the doilies. But how is that worse than fucking on his couch, fucking on his floor, fucking the back porch, fucking the hot tub, fucking the roof, fucking, you know? Somebody actually mentioned uh, when I brought that up as a question pool to some people. Pool table's the best if you can ever arrange that, folks. No, and pool table never happened, but um, I was told, uh, did this involve... Did it just involve you and the table, or did it actually involve a woman in this? I assume there was probably a companion. But yeah, oh, just to clarify. If fucking knot holes, we got a whole different discussion going. No, it was not just me and the table. Splinters. Just to Yeah, just to let you guys know, but in I, any I case. I have faith in you. Okay, well, now that we're done with that, and the question is out to the universe about whether it's legitimate or not. Well, why do you think it was bad? I mean, it's not. Well, you know, this isn't the altar of his grandparents or, you know... You know, Still. you don't shit in in the owner's master bed bathroom. Right. I think that's pretty much the main rule. They deserve their own space. Okay. There'll be a public one, probably someplace horrible where you'll have to open the door and kill or three or four people in the living room and you sneak out. But other than that, other than that, okay. Well, don't try on anybody's underwear. I'll feel uh, I feel better about it then. Yeah, and even that, that could have some leniency now that I think about it a little bit. <laughs> About the feeling better, though, let's let's change that real quick okay. right away. Um, it is how uh, I've wondered why so much of New Age uh, writing, people talking about it, all of that bugged the hell out of me. Because, you know, when you look at it, a lot of sort of the positive thinking, New Agey literature is sweet. I see it. It's well intended. And it happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think that's part of the problem that I have is that because when I look at the content, most of the time there's not much that's wrong with the content. It's sweet. It has some good ideas. There is that and that. Yeah, I mean, no, the some of the specific. Incense. Okay, no, no, you're going into sort of. But I'm talking about sort of the Eckhart Tolle kind of thing, you know, that kind of stuff. And one of the problem I have with this is that all these, uh, you know, the seven steps to fixing your life, the three ways to happiness, the whatever the hell. It strikes me as uh, lacking something genuine in the sense that, and I don't mean that these people are making it up or they are don't believe that they are real, but it feels to me like these are people who say these things, kind of like, this is how you can banish fear, eliminate anxiety, cure your depression, live the perfect life. And get out of debt. All of that. And to me, it's like the way they, I don't know, maybe it's, really the way it is maybe just the way they communicate but it feels like more often than not these are people who really don't know life's unkind face these are people who experience wise and again maybe they do and they just have a poor way of communicating it but that communicator and strategy of just telling you you are miserable but why look at the bright side and if you just do this and that everything is gonna be wonderful it's kind of like if you're not showing me the sweat and blood that goes into digging yourself from a really hard place into a better place, all you're doing is showing off. You're just basically telling other people, hey, why aren't you good enough that you can't do it? You know, if if you only did this, everything would be okay. And people try and clearly it's not that damn easy. It's not that, you know, you apply the three rules and everything works out perfect. And if one of those seven rules isn't quit drinking, like right around number two, yeah. it's probably not a good list anyway. But the thing is, that communication is just, um, I don't buy it. You know, it doesn't strike me. Like I'm, if somebody who has been through hell tells me, gives me a more positive outlook on things, 
I'm more willing, and not only somebody who has been through hell, but somebody who let me feel, let me get a feel for their experience and the journey from hell to out of hell, that's inspiring, that's powerful, that's something that, but if you're not giving me that, you know, the model of somebody who has been through it all, then, you know, if you are in that deep, dark place where everything is nasty and you feel powerless and all of that, you look at that and you say, this motherfucker is not that different from me. He knows the same pain, he knows the same struggle, he knows the same sweat, and he's just showing me how kind of clawing inch by inch has crawled out of this deep, dark hole. If you don't show me the clawing, you're not, it feels like somebody was going to, you know, you have insomnia. If you just, you know, do this three count sheep and then you'll sleep great and you should really sleep because it's good for you. And he's like, hmm, no shit, motherfucker. I thought it was bad for me. And he's like, I just needed you to say relax Thanks and sleep. Thanks for fixing it's that, like, man. That made it easy. Yeah, that. So do you think the majority of New Agers, because now that I think about it, I, I, there's probably not a lot of New Age crystals being sold in Rwanda. Yeah, yeah. This seems yeah. more like um, first world um, white housewife religion. Yeah, because it's kind of like... No, you're right. For people who are going through hell, had no real problems. That kind of crystal, and you'll feel much better. That kind of answer doesn't do it, you know, because the only thing you do is you give people a big guilt trip about you don't have it. What you apply the three rules and your life suddenly didn't get fixed and it's all wonderful. Well, it's clearly because you're lucky and you suck at it, you know. Or you were doomed to begin with. There was no way to help you out. And that's why I feel if you are in a position of leadership. If you are in a position where people listen to you in one way or another, it's almost your obligation to show the struggle, not to make it look easier or better than it is. Because otherwise you're selling an image that is just for other people to bow down to you and say, look how wonderful he is. He's got it all figured out. Isn't that amazing? Good for him. But that's not helping anybody. It's just for people to kind of worship and adore you for you sitting on the throne. It's not showing somebody else how to get out of that place. It makes me, uh, it makes me think of our good friend Tate. Yeah. He's an inspirational cat. And yeah. he's definitely not done doing his work. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's how it... Those are the things that inspire people. Yes. You know, it's like if you have been... Uh, you know, unless you know what it means to battle against demons then how the fuck are you going to help somebody else? You know, because you haven't been there and you're just telling me stuff that it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever noticed, I definitely notice it with my daughter, but I notice it with other people too. When somebody's in a really bad space and you try to show them, no, but look, your life is cool and everything is this and that. Don't speak to me. Yeah, the answer is a big fuck you because it's like, you're not acknowledging what I'm feeling here. And what I'm feeling is, no, it's not that damn easy. And yes, maybe those things are true, but that's not what I'm feeling right now. I'm hurting and you're just trying to make it go away by saying, Ooh, it's no pain. Just look at the positive. And it's like, that's not helping is, I don't know. I've seen with my daughter, every time I show her my own struggle, my own difficulties, and then kind of trying to make it look like, let's try to tilt to the positive. She tend to respond to that way better than when I just, uh, um, my dad is a specialist and making it all look good, right? And it never worked for me and it never, it kind of doesn't work for my daughter either. It's kind of like, yeah, I know that shit. It's still not addressing what I'm feeling right now. It's still not dealing. And if anything, it's making me feel inadequate because you're telling me, what, everything is great and wonderful. Why can't you just get on with the program? The sun is going to rise tomorrow. Yeah. It doesn't help you with the fact that you got 12 sleepless hours of, of misery while you toss and turn and try to figure out your way out. And again, if you go through that and you know that experience and you acknowledge that and then you show me that the sun rises tomorrow, I may be able to get to that place, but it's a process. These, uh, the new age thing I feel is rushing to the end without the process that takes you through it. It's like, let's keep the going through hell part and let's just take you to the very end where well, is- Sometimes uh, my pillows get a little flat and need a little fluffing too and you know, looking at them and knowing that if I fluff them correctly, they'll be puffy again. And I image that in my mind and then I go execute it and there we are. All, yeah. All is, all is good in, in Thousand Oaks again. Now what I need is the Tate Fletcher, right? The Tate Fletcher approach to... Uh, my the, brother, when uh, I was shooting up, yeah, about 15. Like, unless you know those emotions that crush a person's soul, 
unless you have been in that place where you're like hmm that gun looks appealing should i put it in your my mouth or not right now what do i do with this trigger unless you kind of know what it feels like you're talking about something that's way beyond your experience and you really can't help somebody was uh, i think the saddest thing though is i mean almost now when i really think about it folks that haven't hit that rock bottom i mean it's pretty cliche at this point until you have wiped all the way out mm -hmm. the awakening doesn't usually happen anyway i think about it in terms of fighting right when in martial arts like unless you have ever tasted your own blood you don't know the first thing about fighting you can be the greatest technician in the world you can be skilled you can have all this physical talent but if you haven't encountered difficulty in the fight and know how to get out of that spot you are only going to be as good as your technique is and at some point it's going to fail there's going to be the day that it doesn't work and then you are in for a deep discovery to me it's like that's why when i see fighters who have amazing technique well i admire it it's beautiful aesthetically to watch but that doesn't inspire me the thing that inspire people is seeing the guys who have heart who go through it looks really why do we like the movie with the underdog where everything is looking really bad and suddenly they climb out of hell because that's inspirational that relates to what people actually go through somebody who does everything great well good for you i admire you but that doesn't do shit to help me and so that's kind of where i feel about a lot of these uh, think positive it's not that there's anything wrong of course you should think positive it's not like think negative is the solution but putting it that way is not it's too superficial in a way which is i guess the big problem with a lot of the new age stuff that is very skin deep is a lot superficial and the problem is that it makes you sound like an idiot when you use the same concept even though the concepts are good because you sound that superficial even though there may be a lot more experience and depth behind it so it's sort of spoiling the language of it all in some way but i, I guess i'm gonna have to return my um hang in there poster of the kitten holding on to the string that <laughs> i got you for christmas no the well if the kitten has been through hell then we're talking no it's you know. like it, it, it had been blown dry earlier and before the photo show was, yeah this, not this quite kitten hadn't been through anything but that's another thing i dig about podcasting is i feel that a lot of the people that we have had here a lot of the people that we listen to in terms of podcasting there's an element of it about being real about being honest with yourself first and foremost and with everybody of not trying to project an image that makes it look all easy like that's one thing about several again uh, forget even the specific example most of the people we dig in the podcasting community have that quality of just trying to be as genuine as humanly possible because there's no other there's no reward for living a life that's uh sort of your facebook let's put all the happy pictures and let's portray how awesome my life is that's not it, it lacks that depth is uh, a giant smile that comes from having been in hell is worth 10 times more than the giant smile that comes from i never encountered a problem in my life that's a whole different game right three there. miles wide and two inches deep indeed so on that note okay i got it off my back now we can move on so cheer up everybody Raising girls is difficult, and it's not a slight towards women because they're fantastic, and it is the greatest job in the world, and all the things I have to cover so that I don't get angry letters because my daughter's awesome, and she is uh, quitting her job at Chipotle because she doesn't like cooking meat, being a vegetarian. Yeah, I can see how that would be slightly problematic. I'm having an um, awesome daughter moment as well in this regard because I'm... Uh, I'm having a serious Isabella appreciation moment where, because I mean, I always, you know, I always love her and I always think good things about her, but I also am like, ah, oh, you're fucking up this and there's this other thing that bothers me. And come on, you're five year old. Why haven't you already fixed all the world problems? And, uh, you know, there's that. But no, this time is, uh, I've been looking at kind of how she's growing and how she, her attitude is changing over time. And, uh, 
and I'm blown away by the level of empathy that she has. She has a level of empathy that, I mean, I try to, I clearly encourage it, but whatever I encourage is not what I'm getting there because I'm pushing plus two and she's going plus 10. She has a level of empathy that some of it is just her. It's just how she is, you know, and she does it to a way that like every single time I see there's a kid in our school who's sad or crying or bummed out about it, she goes to console them right away. She goes to give them a hug to console them. She came home from school a few days ago from kindergarten and I guess a friend of hers got benched from being too loud so she wasn't allowed to play in the yard and she was crying. Isabella came back home and started jotting down some stuff and she drew up this plan of what she wanted to do and then spent the rest of the afternoon like cutting paper, creating this hard shape, putting a ribbon on it, coloring it, doing this whole thing where she was doing like this butterfly into a heart. Uh, all colored with ribbons on so that the next morning she could go to her friend and give it to her to make her feel a little better over the fact that she was benched the day before and I'm like Jesus Christ man I don't know I've never done that that's for sure and um, I hope she liked it yeah yeah no the other kid was happy and she was all thrilled and Isabella felt like okay I did something good then and she was um, but I didn't even suggest it you know it wasn't me it was just all her or even like I saw there's a kid that bugger at school and it's kind of mean to her. And one day this kid, I guess, did something that the teacher got upset with. And so he got scolded and, and the kid started bowling because he knew that they were going to tell his parents and his father was going to get mad and kind of not let him play with his toys for a while. And so he was super sad. And, you know, if he was me, because he's a guy who has been pissing me off for a while, I would be like, Hey, you motherfucker. There you go. Take Teach him, boy. Yeah. She was all like, yeah, you know, he's kind of mean to him, but I feel bad for him. And she went to kind of rub his back and be like, you're going to be okay and all of that. And I was like, Jesus, man, you are really freaking nice. You know, there's just something to it. And and she said something about it that correlated to the empathy part of it. Because she said at one point she was complaining that she said, I'm too sensitive. I'm too, I feel things too much. I get really sad about stuff. I get really happy. You know, I'm, I feel it more than other kids. I feel emotions more than other kids, evidently, because it seems to hit me more, which in itself was an interesting, not exactly a five-year-old kind of. That's what she's going to say. Yeah. Like just realizing that I was like, wow, that's bizarre. But then that's where it gets even better. She goes, but you know what? It's okay. Because when I'm happy, I feel more happier, more happiness than other kids. So it's okay if when it hurts, it hurts me more than other kids. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I quite fully learned that lesson now. I kind of do some of the time. Um, but I was like, wow. That's you amazing. Are freaking awesome. And I just bide, bow down to you and don't know what to say. You know? I never forget my youngest son had made this is Minecraft game where everything's made out of blocks and mm-hmm. he had made something for his friend for his birthday like a pickaxe or something or something from the game and when he presented it to him the dude made fun of it and broke it in front of the crowd to be the cool cat Ooh. and he was fucking crushed yeah that's awful you know managed to play it cool but when he got back to us, you know, after the party, he's like, why would he do that to me? Yeah, that's just really awful. It is awful. So I worry for Iz, you know, I hope I hope that doesn't happen to her, you know. But I guess you have to have those episodes you know, to the, just see, well, you know, I guess your taste of, hey, look how shitty people can be. Right, right, right. But I think one of the things that I notice is that she tends to... Like somebody's weird with her, she'll get a little bent out of shape, but then she'll be like, "Yeah, you know, maybe maybe they need a nap and they are just cranky today. It's gonna be okay tomorrow, whatever. It's like they are just having a bad day. It's it's all right. Maybe they, you know, it's kind of like, like eh, okay, no biggie. You know, it's it's fine. Not always. I mean, sometimes she does get bugged, but other times she's sort of allowing for the fact that people have their moods and uh, they just she just called them in the wrong mood and that's fine she hadn't done any water walking or anything like that we need to go man no, sometimes she's hard, kind of too hard on herself like 
just the other day we are um, um, picking her up from school she walks up to the car she opened the door and she kind of swing it too fast and there were some kids coming and she almost whacked a little kid with the door didn't but got close right and she felt so bad after that she was all like i'm not a great kid i'm like i almost hit that one you know i almost that child was gonna learn a valuable lesson about watching where they're going man i try to convince her that you didn't do it on purpose blah 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 this and that and the other nothing would get through she was still thinking i'm bad i'm not a good kid i'm not a nice person basically i'm not like the only thing that eventually got to her was when i said look if let me tell you what a bad kid would do right here a bad kid would not feel what you're feeling would not be sad because a bad kid wouldn't give a fuck it's like it's not me getting hurt so what do i care they wouldn't think about somebody else the only reason why you're sad now is because you are a nice person and you have you know you have empathy you understand you think about other people and that's what being a nice human being is and after that she was like okay that makes sense to me and she's turned around but i was like Man, so I'm in a very deep um, Isabella appreciation period. That's not going to end anytime soon. I would tend to bet not, but no, she's great. Uh, every day I'm becoming more and more surprised by her in a lot of ways. It's funny, we reached a point where we were down to like months left till we were empty nesters, which there is a right. celebratory attitude, but it's so sad too. Of course. All the sort of silly little things, you know. How many more times do I get to go throw the ball? How many more times, you know? Yeah, I don't think I would be celebrating. It's tough. Yeah, it's you do all this work, and if you do your work properly, they'll leave. That's I think Neil Gaiman said that. That's one of the things that's funny about culture. That's one of the ways in which you know, in million ways, I'm not Italian at all. Uh, this is I kind of am, because you know, in US there is this attitude of like you're 18 time to get the fuck out you know it's like move on and that's how it goes in italy like no parent who's uh anything other than some crazed abuser would be thinking like yay get out already there's the but you're 45 why are you leaving home stay here still you know no no just stick around and and i kind of i, I sort of relate to that i still i still in a way feel like yeah you know you're your kid i kind of there is a part of me that would want to have them around uh, all the time, you know. And Thunder. Not, and not that ominous note. <laughs> no, I just... You're, you're totally right. It's a very weird thing. And there's so many societies where, you know, grandma and grandpa and everybody's all piled up into one place, mm-hmm. which seems to make more sense. I don't know what that created. It doesn't seem like the Puritan work ethic would call for shipping everybody out. Yeah. But maybe it's that sort of... American freedom and go and blaze your own trails. Yeah, in a way, it is the work ethic is go and do something for yourself. You know, it's independent, full 100% independence. Everybody's supposed to live on their own. It's uh, a couple live together. Everyone else needs to be out. And it's very kind of the opposite of community, the opposite of tribe. No, it's a big mistake. I think um, when we were talking to Jank the other day, there's a need for a new political party in this country. And I always thought I would call it the barn raisers because that's the America that I grew up believing in. You know, you help your neighbors and sure. we're all in this together instead of everybody trying to line their own pockets. And it's too late for that. We need uh, we need the fire brigade right now. Yeah, no, I mean, on a political level, yeah. But to me, I'm even interested in just in a um, how-you-live kind of way in terms of what what do your homes look like who live in them who lives right next door to you like redesigning in a way a sense of tribe in a modern world oh yeah to me is key well i think people are desperate for that too yep. there's definitely a, a, a thunder for a hunger for that a sort of tribal thing well it probably explains a lot of why people show up at the church on sunday definitely or join biker gangs which is basically the same same thing, thing? yep the, on that note, I think I'll be asking Isabel about how do we solve that? Because if she hasn't figured that out by the time she's six, wasting time. Clearly here. getting behind. Yeah. I have a dream today. And now we cross the Ethereum plane for a visit into Bellelli's dream time. Martin Luther King had a dream and so did Daniele Bellelli. Yeah, I've been wondering about my dreams. I've been wondering, actually, my psychological well-being in more ways than one, because 
I was talking with somebody about dreams and um, I was telling some dream that I had at some point and of course it involved bloodshed knives killing all this kind of thing and they look at me really puzzled and I was like ah, come on it's a dream you know you, you never dream of murdering people or something and they were like no no and I'm like really you don't and I started asking other people and they realized maybe I am a Dexter in uh uh, I'm glad that I don't act out on it and I'm glad that there's always a moral segue to my dreams there's never a case where I'm killing people who are not trying to kill me there's never a case it's always very like that's why I never even thought of it as anything weird because I'm like eh, you know somebody's trying to kill me of course I kill them somebody's coming at me with an axe yeah I'll stab them with a sword somebody's so there's always it's never that disturbing where you're like oh my god you're a serial killer oh my god you killed a poor kitty oh my god you you know it's never stuff like that where you're like whoa i'm a horrible human being what's going on in my subconscious why do you want to kill a kitty well, not that i would but you know that's precisely why i say you know something bad where there's no justification right so we thought ah it's justified it's in a context there's a very moral side to it it works except that why do i dream it you know why do i maybe six times a year have uh, people who are trying to kill me and i do horrible things to them in return not very turn the other cheek like and then blah and also again why put not that he's wrong because again self-defense nothing wrong with self-defense but why does my mind go there a lot and um i had another one not so long ago you know random i don't know why he what the hell he was i was dealing with a latin american gang leader mm. who was quite disturbed by the fact that this woman wanted to do me and uh, he did not take kindly to that and so he was my friend your problem is with your woman not with me <laughs> yeah he was not very responsive to that kind of reasoning yeah. so yeah. I ended up blowing off his head and making it look like suicide. And um, but yeah, so I woke up and I'm like, oh, there was some dude who was trying to kill me. And uh, oh well, that's just what. Did you, you have need the burner pistol in your boot? Were you ready to go? I don't remember. Okay. But I. Um, but yeah, something along those lines. It was. And again, I woke up and I'm like, whoa! Something's telling me that there's a teeny tiny possibility that I may have some unresolved anger issues that I should look at because jesus why so yes i am aware that i'm a sociopath and i'm aware that something should be done about it so yes i shall look into that so this is my meditative moment of the day regarding my dreams but no do not worry i'm not a dangerous sociopath um, what are all those knives for over there? Is the Mike Vallely approach to things. As Mike put it when, you know, he gained his reputation for being this brawler and fighting and this and that, and then people are always surprised at how nice he is. It's like, this is how I am. That other side, you never, ever have to see me, so to see it unless you're coming after me. So just don't come after me. It's that simple. And then that side will never show up. That's sort of my approach in Dreamland. Uh, but again, again, I recognize that anger issues may be lurking beneath the surface, and it may be time to deal with them. Help. You, you don't, you really don't dream of killing people? No. Serious? No. But I told you, I'm always building the submarine. That's like my main dream. It's the one that I have the most oh, often. No, no, I, can't, is, I can't really remember killing anybody. I, 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 a lot of fucking going on. There's some of that. I kill people more than I have sex dreams. And it's hardly ever a gun. It's always a sharp weapon. Disturbing, in any case. Well, if I see any swords showing up, I already know you like knives. Exciting music tells us it's story time, everybody. Yeehaw! Tell me a good story, Mr. Bullelli. I don't know about good. It's a... Um, Tell me a shitty, terrible, boring, sleepy time story. Not boring. For those of us that like to listen to podcasts to go to sleep out there. Not boring. But, I read it. But definitely um, it could be something along the line. It's it sort of fitting. It should have been a pre-Halloween one, except we didn't have an in-studio episode where guests. 
This is a real tale from my own sweet life. Creepy as hell. Um, goes back to when I was about 18 years old. And in the perfect horror movie setup, I go camping with my friends in the mountains, which is basically how all teenage horror movies begin. And this promises well in this regard. Hey, the tire seems a little janky on this car. Should we fix it before we go up to the mountains? No, it'll be fine. We'll fix it when we get back. Almost. This is, we go camping. It's not even like an organized camping. It's somebody's private land at the top of this mountain. This old big giant mountain is basically belong to this dude. So we are there, you know, up there for a week. It's awesome. We're having a great time. Super good experience. The place is a little weird. There are, you know, some strange things that happen here and there. You know, we're all sitting around the fire one day and we hear this distinct somebody walking like a few feet away from us, except that we are all there and we point all the flashlights and there's nobody there. And we're like, what the hell? You know, there are a few of the things they are like, but, you know, whatever, you can... We don't give it too much importance, except that toward the end of the week, at one point, it's late, most of us are either going to bed or almost in that direction, because it's not an organized campground. The only lights there are our own flashlights, and that's it. So well, that's it's how of, old um, campgrounds put on Indian burial grounds tend to be, that's or native burial. Yeah. In this case, it's in Italy, so who knows who the burial ground, if it was, belonged to, but I'm sure in over thousands of years of history, there are a lot of dead people in that place. <laughs> So here is what happens. One of our friends, who's already a bit tipsy, uh, at one point somebody tells me, oh, um, Anna just fell down. She stumbled down and fell. And I'm like, okay, well, big deal. She fell on her ass. It's like, oh, what's the big deal, right? And we go check, and she's kind of like weirdly whining on her own on the ground. And we're like, okay, that's odd. Maybe she's just really drunk. Who knows what's going on? But, well, you know, nothing alarming yet. Except when she starts thrashing on the ground, swinging her limbs back and forth and screaming at the top of her lungs with these acute hitting these notes that do not look humanly possible to hit for as long as she hits them, where suddenly she just does not catch her breath and just screams straight for 200 seconds straight or something. See, that's a picked berserker that had worked its way down through Italy in the in the first century. Yeah, that's I don't know what it was. He was this curious. Was she drinking? Was there any was there any uh, hallucinogenics? No, no, just a little alcohol, but not even that much. I mean, it's not like, and you know, people start getting concerned, so everybody start kind of gathering around, seeing what's up, and she's in full trashing tossing leaves uh, head spin not head spinning exorcist style but still head spinning enough that it's concerning get a priest yeah totally i mean it looks straight out of the exorcist right she's just like uh, all of a sudden looking with these completely crazed eyes at everybody and just you never screaming. should have come to this mountain that was basically what it was like you know it, the tone of her voice was just not her tone of voice and didn't even sound like something that and again you know given the context i'm sure we made it more than it was but it's kind of hard to make it more than it was because it was and it is not like somebody was having a theater girl convulsion a trick on people except it lasted like an hour Ooh. and uh, it never stopped it's and this girl yeah and the whole thing is like everybody was scared shitless right it was like you, you would barely stand and your legs are hardly holding you and you know you're trying to make sure she doesn't hurt herself but we're trying to figure out what the fuck can we do eventually we'll drag her out and take her to the shower to kind of like see if you know a cold shower can and she's trash and at one point she, she's a little girl she was like i don't know 110 pounds 120 pounds and there are four people holding her, and she swing all four in the direct. Like, everybody get moved by her thrashing around. Like, they can't hold her, and everybody get moved, like, three feet around in a circle by her. Like, okay, that's... Eventually, she comes down, and she's still not there, but she's, you know, not in this weird uh, yelling, screaming space anymore. Everybody freaked out to that. One of my friends with bolts of steel was there out there kind of taking care of her, doing all that sort of by himself in a corner of the woods and all of that. Everybody in the meantime has gone back because this has gone on so long. And Even demon-possessed, like, your friend's still going to take a swing. I admire that. <laughs> I admire that. 
the a bunch of people go back and because everybody's scared shitless everybody kind of camp out together in like one or two tents so there are like 15 people in one tent and 10 in another that kind of thing and my friend comes back eventually and by now is first light in the morning and uh, he um uh, he comes back to his tent which was one of the ones that had been taken over by like 10 of us and i'm the only one who's still like wide awake there are other nine nine ten people next to me all passed out on top of each other and the dude comes in and there's clearly no more room so he's like i'm awake and i'm like sorry man yeah that's what uh well let's go to my tent instead let's take mine i don't think anybody's in there so i got out we both walk to my tent and we see um and we see inside clearly there's like a body rolling in it like somebody rolled to side to side hitting the side of the tent and we're like oh look at that i guess you know one of our friends you know in this crazy tent switching thing that must have happened and one of our friends took over my tent by the way there's no wind there's nothing like it right there's it's very clearly a body moving inside the tent we unzip it and it's completely empty and by then we are so fucking tired that we were like, you know, who cares? Let's just demon, please scoot over a little so that we can sleep in there too. At least the demon is warm. Yeah, it was bad talk about freaky. I still like some of those people when I still see them going back to Italy. It still comes up as a topic of conversation where nobody has. Remember a that damn, time when that demon attacked us? Yeah, where nobody has a damn idea what happened. The girl has no damn idea what happened to her because it never happened before or after. Nothing like that ever happened to her again. Normal life, everything good, you know, all afterwards. But so until yeah, what the Ooh, hell? I can see the opening scene already. Twenty friends who hadn't seen each other in decades. Yeah, decide to go back camping in those woods. No, I'm not going there not going again. Back? That just not what happening. What could possibly go wrong? I know, man. He was, yeah, scary as hell. No idea what that means. No idea what that means about the nature of the universe or what that was. I do know that whenever people are trying to give me some sort of very rational explanation, none of that made sense based on what I saw. Not that I have an explanation either, but it was, yeah, quite scary. So um, well, there you go. We're back on track with story time that will keep you awake all night. Yeah, happy belated Halloween. There you go. Boo. That was excellent. That was fucking scary. I'm scared myself. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> It's time to unzip the mailbag and see what's going on inside, y'all. Jumping out straight off the mailbag is a former student of mine, Uh-oh. Vlad Ionescu. Uh, he asks, I'm actually going to read it, it's just a few lines and it's pretty funny. He writes, uh, when I attempt to advertise your podcast to people, given the uniqueness of it, I find it hard to describe it to them. I probably shouldn't start with, they frequently talk about flashlights and what happens when they aren't cleaned, or it's about my professor who punches historians and snobby academics in the face. So what would what would be a good description to tell people that would that basically listen to this damn stuff because this is good? Well, that is tricky. We struggled with it from episode one, right? It's, uh, what did we say? It's about life. It's wherever there's passion, wherever there's... We're not about sports. We're not about movies. We're not about... Mm, we're about all of it. Is wherever there's some passion in any of those things, we like it. Wherever there isn't passion, we don't. I think we like to celebrate things that, you know, don't always get celebrated, too. Uh, folks doing the right thing for a change. That's always a fun topic. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, in some ways, I'm amazed that we have as many listeners as we do because it's sort of people like labels. You know, if I want to go, I want to find a good history podcast. I want to find a good philosophy podcast. I want to find a good whatever podcast. You know, one that says you're interested because of the theme and then you jump into, oh, I like this one versus that one. What we do here is there is no single theme. It's philosophy. Sure, I guess that's what iTunes say, right? We're in the philosophy category or yeah. category, however category. the fuck is pronounced. Well, they're actually switching it to category because it's they more fun to say. The, um, we talk about sexuality. We talk about uh, religion. We talk about damn movies. We talk about raising kids. We talk about it. all of it, man. It's about living life aware living life with intensity living life 
So again, I sorry that I miserably fail at giving you a good hook that you can throw to people. Say it's about this because it's not about this or that. It's about it's a, it's a temperature more than a topic. It's a, oh, I like that. Bolognese I did so, like that. That so, one. Write that one down. So poetic. Oh my god. It's just a nice. It's an eclectic blend of of folks, especially when it gets to the interviews. You know. People that are living their lives the way they want to live them. I think it's almost unanimous for almost every guest we've had. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make for an easier life, but living outside of the you know the corporate uh, office yeah. blocks and kind of chasing your dream is an important thing. Yeah, and the specific dream may differ dramatically. It does with every single one of them, but at least they went for it. Yep, precisely. From the guy that was fixing the wetlands, whose name is escaping me right now, to Mike V. I yeah. mean, two very different fellas, but at the same time, their attitude was the same. This is what I love to do, so I went and did it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I dig that. So with that, that's the best we can do. Okay, question number two, Jan Fleischer. He has been doing martial arts for most of his life, more sort of traditional martial arts, specifically Shotokan. He got into MMA, started enjoying it a lot, started training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, started training other things. And one of the problems that has showed up is that injuries, injuries, and more injuries, which unfortunately, yes, one of the problems with contact sports, um, you know, combat sports are tough on the body. There's just no way about it. And uh, so one of the things he's wondering about is, you know, I still love Shotokan, I can still practice that and be okay, but I would really like to give a shot to some of these other combat sports. I would love to play with MMA, with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm just taking too much of a beating. Now, part of it, I'm thinking that the places where you're going to train, they are not exactly the sweetest humans around, because the way you, the way the letter goes on describing the whole thing is, I mean, obviously combat sports are rough. There's no way about it. But there are places and people that seem to have a way higher injury rate than others. Some people are made of glass. Not only that, it's also the how they train and the environment that's encouraged. You know, there's a bunch of places where there's this tough, you know, green and bear it and you get injured while just grind it down and keep going. And that's really not how you want to train. You know, you want to try to figure out the safest route to play an unsafe game as much as humanly possible. So yes, the game is tough. Yes, the game is kind of unsafe. But no, that does not mean that. It's kind of like sparring in boxing. If you punch each other 80% power in the head every single day, that's not good news. But there are ways to train boxing where you can get the timing down, you can work with the pads, you can spar kind of light to the head and harder to the body. There are a lot of ways that really depend on Unfortunately, they depend on something that's sometimes out of your control, which is the people you work with and how they are. So in that sense, what you should do if you do want to keep going with jiu-jitsu or with um, some other kind of combat sport, go to a bunch of schools, try it out, see what the vibe is. If it's this testosterone-filled macho, I break beer bottle on my head and show off my scar with pride, or if it's... uh, some really tough people are really mellow and those are the people you want to work out with you know the ones that don't have something to prove because those are the ones that you are less likely to get injured with so again injuries happen but no they do not happen quite the way you described and quite that commonly unless you have a horrendous bad luck it's also probably the places where you went are my guess is that their training philosophy is a bit too much on the rough side and on that note Zip. Zip indeed. A couple of people, Joe Scigliettano and Alexis Bear, um, have been pushing your questions for a while from episode to episode because we're getting too many. Apologies. We will get to you at some point, uh, hopefully by the mid-January episodes. Well, funky music means it's almost the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Taos Podcast. Eclectic awesomeness. From Exodus to psychological trouble in, in, in Bolelli's dreamscape to Vlad, who doesn't know what the show really is. He's not the only one. I... It's, well, maybe it's, maybe it's like Seinfeld. They used to say Seinfeld was a show about nothing. Yeah, this is... 
because I don't like the nihilism behind that. So it's a show about everything. Show about, exactly. Yeah. I dig that better. The, um, mm, mm, mm. We find no trouble facing any topic. Yeah, just throw us a quarter and we start <sighs> jamming about anything. It's crazy. Yes. Speaking of throw as a quarter, uh, I actually don't have a list of donations this month because we're recording episodes back to back. So I announced them. There's probably be a whole bunch at the next one up, but this one I have no one. Um, the affiliate sponsor, Curacao Chocolate. Uh, if you guys want to check out their products, there's a link in the episode notes and also audible.com. If you are in the market for random audio entertainment, whether books or articles, there's a whole catalog there at Audible. Please use our link so that we get a cut. If you find yourself desperate for a last-second Christmas gift, you can uh, actually order Kiva cards that you can print out on your own printer and stick them in a... Whoever's grumpy and, and, and you know maybe got it a little too good, Kiva card be great for them because buy somebody some supplies for their little hut on the corner of, you know the edge of kenya in the ocean it's a little different than a bobble that you don't need well so and yeah pass those to me the, <laughs> um, by the way in case just as a quick reminder those of you guys who have itunes accounts if you can please write us reviews those are always deeply appreciated the um, thank you to desi house for providing the always awesome music to our intro and uh, anything oh that was lecture series you know those of you guys who haven't checked it out yet please do it's um sells for 9.99 um seven hour plus of uh, lecturing right now we have some crazy people hammering walls next to us I well think. that's just uh, they wanted to remind me that uh, there may be a christmas gift available to you right around christmas time from the dallas lecture series uh-huh I, I like where you're going with that i've just heard rumors i don't know if it's actually true yeah but. you know again our listeners are freaking awesome i've had some other more than one person by now just send me money saying you know i just copied the Taoist lecture series after i downloaded it i made a few copies that i gave to friends but here is the money anyway so i didn't want to deal with the multiple downloads and i'm like that is so damn sweet that's totally i bow down to you in deep appreciation other things that we need to throw out there have a good holiday everybody yeah that's indeed what will be 2015 i know by the next one wow crazy photos of pluto coming on july 14th 2015 so be ready i'm gonna use for assuming i remember and i'm not saying something that totally doesn't pan out so you guys can check how stoned i am based on whether i'm following through with this or not it's the plume device i want to use as a cover for the episode notes uh, on the website a lovely picture of isabella and me uh, offering some season greetings to you all or are we I don't know. I guess you may have to just check out that picture on the, the Drunken Taoist. You guys have a wonderful day, a wonderful end of the year, a wonderful everything. Talking to you in the future from the past. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dowitz Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. In questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, yeah? Huh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> <laughs> This was great.
It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. Get back to work.